take up for ourselves because Jesus Christ does it. I thought years ago me and Brother Dart was on our way home. We stopped down to get some gas and this little boy was standing there with the daddy. He said, Daddy, that's some chocolates and they're going to eat us up. I thought I, I didn't need to fight the battle because you should have seen me. Daddy's face. <laughs> the battle was already over. <laughs> Amen. We're going to read this morning from Psalm 107, verses 1 through 20. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. God, for the opportunity that we are able to come together to worship. Lord, we ask that you would bring love and peace in our hearts and understanding. Father, if we have anything in our hearts that shouldn't be that you're not satisfied with, Lord, we pray that you will remove it. We thank you, Lord, for this hour. Lord, heal our bodies. Lord, bless those that are not here this morning for reasons of sickness and other causes. Lord, we ask that you remove those things from them and lift them up. Lord, wherever we are, whatever we do, Lord, let us yield unto you for the things that we have need of. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Psalms 107, verses 1 through 20. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And gather them out of the land from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted in them. He, and he led them forth by the right way, and they might go to a city of habitation. For he satisfied the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Because they rebel against the words of God and condemn the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down before the Lord. 
Then they cried unto the Lord in trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their distresses. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. worship the Lord in tithes and offerings this morning. Brother Kern, you mind helping us this morning? Amen. You know, there's some people, you know, they just have different gifts, and uh, there's two people I always like to hear pray, and one of them's Brother Kern, and the other's Brother Colley. I always enjoy listening to them pray. Okay, Heavenly Father, we, we are gathered here today, Lord, as a joyful bunch. Knowing, Father God, that we, you knew us before the foundation of the world and you ordained this gathering. We know that, Lord, that you don't ordain gatherings to be seen or heard, Lord, but to hear from you. Yes. So we pray, Lord God, that you use Brother Wade in a special way. May meet the needs of the people, any question that is laid upon our hearts, Lord. Pray that you use them, Lord, to answer such questions. Pray, Father, that you will bless these tithes and offerings, bless those hands that could give, those that cannot give. And we pray, Lord, Father, that it be used for the furtherance of your ministry. We ask all of this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Sing the song. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall Shall obtain. 
and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. Let's all stand. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall You know, that comes from the book of Isaiah. And you know, that's a promise of restoration. You know, there's a promise to Israel for a restoration. But you know, that's a type for us. It's a promise to us of restoration. And we can come back to the Word. God's bringing us back to Zion, the Word. And God brought us back to this place. And because of what He said... Sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Why? Because when the word comes, all that has to go. And everlasting joy will rest upon you. I love to, I love to sing that song. It means something to me. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return. God's people will return. If you're one of God's, if there's a promise in this word. If it's your loved ones, it's a promise of God for them to come. I'm so glad for that this morning. Amen. Wonderful place to be this morning. Yes. Amen. Let's change the order of the services. Brother Wade comes this morning. Let's sing, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Yes, I want to see
to see you. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see each and every one of you here. I thought we was going to have an empty house. That's like we got pretty full of them. We got a lot of people gone. Brother Joe and Sister Rachel are in Savannah. She's, you know, she's my clerk at, at the city, and she's taking a clerk course this. And it just happened to be in Savannah. Why can't they have it in, like, Lula? Savannah? So her and Brother Joe are down there having a having a good time. She's going to be there for a couple of days and maybe learn how to clerk a little bit. So, uh, but. Uh, Brother Bob and, and Sister Monica there in Indiana, the church up there preaching, and me and Brother Ryan's in Kentucky, so remember all them in prayer. Sure appreciate everybody. <clears throat> Good to be, like I said, in the house of the Lord. A few announcements. Um, now, th today will be the last day to sign up for the Valentine's Banquet. If you bring in someone, that's okay. Make sure they're a couple. Make sure they're married, and it'll be $30 for them now if you go to church here and you pay tithes here you don't it, we don't charge anything but if you want to bring somebody with you sign up down there and put plus two all right so we don't need their name we just need to know how many people are coming <clears throat> but today's a deadline we'll be taking it down today and uh, but sign up brother john i didn't think you and sister alicia was going to be here so i signed y'all up but somebody said you weren't going to be here today, so I went ahead and signed y'all up because I didn't want you to miss it. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> uh, and Brother Dutch Scott will be here, and he'll speak a little bit on that Saturday, February the 17th. That'll be not this coming Saturday, but the next. And then he will speak for us on Sunday morning, one service. Uh, Brother Bob will be speaking for us this coming Wednesday night. Um, remember, next month, March the 2nd, will be Bible study and prayer meeting on the first Saturday. Um, also, March 29th, 30th, and 31st will be our Easter weekend service. And I want to apologize. I gave them the one for July the 4th. Brother Chris Long will be here on July the 4th, along with Brother Mike Olteague. But for Easter, it's going to be Brother Tim Cross, and there's a uh, young brother he's bringing from his church, from Brother Josh Bennett's church, will be preaching Friday night. Saturday will be a 4 o'clock service with a meal afterwards, kind of like a fellowship meeting. Brother Tim Cross will be here, and then also one service on Sunday. So let's just remember that. But at the July the 4th meeting will be Brother Mike Olteague. Now, he was supposed to be here. I talked to him yesterday, and it, it kind of reflect a little bit. We, we've got brothers who are getting older, dad, you know, and Brother Mike will be 81. He said, Brother Wade, he said, they called me from Norway, and he said, I may not ever get to go back again. Think of that. Think how many times Billy Graham and all the different ones says, I can't get back there again. I'm getting too old. Brother Mike was getting, he said, I'm getting too old. So I said, well, you know what? We'll find somebody to, to do that Friday for you. And you go on to Norway. If this is your last chance to go, you need to go. But he will be here in July on that Friday preaching for us and brother chris long will be here saturday and sunday but this coming up the first thing is the valentine's banquet and then coming up in march we'll have a few things going on that we are also that we're thinking about and talking to people about so let's look in our bibles to the book of revelations we have kind of shifted the gear a little bit and uh and i want you to uh <clears throat> bear with us today we're going to we're going to start on a new dispensation. Now, 
What are we in the dispensation of today? We're in the dispensation of the Son of Man. We know that, right? All right, so we, that is our unique, that is our call, is to have Jesus Christ back on earth again in his bride in its fullness. He's been down through the ages in, in part. All right, and we'll talk about tonight or this afternoon, the Alpha and Omega has got to be the same, and we'll look at that. But remember, please continue to read your your um, uh, church age book. We'll get into the Ephesian church age here pretty quick. But today I want to talk about a new dispensation because we are in this dispensation because of what? Because we're the last church age. All right, everybody went. We're the last church age. There's no more. All right, Paul was the first one, first dip of oil. All right, God poured it in, give them the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. We've had a day of Pentecost over here, but then we have a message that's going to take us on to the coming of the Lord, all right, because seven is completion, all right? <clears throat> so that's why we are here on this side. That's why we had to have a prophet come to tell us how to live, how to dress, how to do all these different things. He didn't tell us how to do these things. It was already in the Bible. And we'll see in the book of even with the Ephesians, God starts out first thing. He said, you've lost your first love. You've lost water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've lost you know, Trinitarian doctrine in the first church age. Well, now there's no Trinitarian doctrine in our age it, for us, the bride age for us. All right? <clears throat> so let's read this, and let's talk about a new dispensation. Because you know what? All that was new. When John, John the Baptist stood on the, on the shores, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Well, here you got your Pharisees and Sadducees standing over here going, We got a lamb over here. It's a real lamb. Moses told us. Moses told us to take this lamb and, and slay it. And, and That's a human. Who are you? Well, there was a new dispensation come in. All right? And you've got to be able to see that. Revelation 1 verse 10 says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, like I said, we'll get those those two letters, the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek alphabet, Alpha and Omega. All right. The first and the last, what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. In other words, he was dressed the way he wanted to show John. He wanted to show John this person. John had met the Son of Man. John was laid on the Son of Man's bosom, the real Jesus, when he was here on earth. Right? But now he sees him in a different form. His head and his hair were white like wool, white as snow. His eyes were flame of fire. His feet like fine brass as they burned in the furnace. And his voice is a sound of many waters. And we'll get into the, we'll break that down just for a minute since one maybe not here last Sunday. Two Sundays ago. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. You may be seated. Thank God he's the one that had us in his hand. He didn't give it to somebody else. He didn't give it to a pope. He didn't give it to a priest. Hello, somebody. He gave it to the bride of Jesus Christ. And he gave us a fivefold ministry to perfect the saints. So the only way you're going to be perfected is by a fivefold ministry. All right? And he gave that in the first church age, second church age, all the way up. But there was no perfection in those ages until this age. All right? 
<clears throat> so that's where we're sitting today. And the Bible tells us he was in the midst or the middle or amongst. And we, we found the picture here that's pretty much accurate, except that those candles are separate, which they should be together. And we'll look at that in just a minute. We'll pull up a chart. Some of you, if you don't have, uh, if you don't have one of these, you need to get one and kind of lay it by your side or keep it in your Bible because we're going to reference this. There's several up here if you need one, but I'm going to try to pull it up on the screen. So what we're looking at now is we were talking about a prism. What is a prism? Now, a prism is one item. All right, a prism is one. It's a piece of glass, and it and it can't be in a any other form. It can't be round to produce these numbers, right? Something fell, wind blowing, something fell on the, uh, there's about 80,000 uh, pecans out there in that, in that, on that one tree, and they keep falling. Oh, by the way, me and June picked up about 10 five-gallon buckets of, of, um, of pecans yesterday, and there's more. So if you want some, tough. I already asked you one time, you're not getting them. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about something, and I said, hey, man, I said, if you need anything, call somebody else. <clears throat> so I took my little pecan picker, and I picked them up yesterday, and we, we still got probably three or four buckets left. So if you want some, go to the store and buy them. <clears throat> It's kind of like the it's kind of like the hen story. The little, you know you know, come come and help me do this, but all when they're shelled and inside of a plastic bag, right, mom? Everybody wants them. Yeah, I'll take them, but shell them yourself. But no, you can help some. I'm just kidding. You, we can we'll bring some, not shelled. Shell them yourself. But there's a lot of them. Lord blessed us with uh, um, like marbles out in the yard, so. Uh, we got out there and picked them up, but just, just uh, if you want some, we'll bring you some. We always like to share. We don't, you know, I don't. We don't keep stuff to ourselves. We try to share it for you, share it with you. Oh, uh, there's no more deer meat left, so can't, I've already shared enough of that. So uh, we'll wait till next season to see what the Lord will do to give us another one. In case we, um, if we make it till this time next year, Amen. <clears throat> I hope the Lord comes. So when we're looking at this this piece of equipment, it's called a prism, and it's a three-sided. We we put we'll put the picture up in a minute. So what he's doing, he's standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, both arms out, in the shape of a cross, saying, "I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end." He's everything in between, but he had to start somewhere, and he had to end somewhere. Because the Gentile dispensation started on the day of Pentecost, and it will end when we take a body change and leave out of here, then he'll go to the Jews. Is everybody with me? All right? So it is important to have the bookends. All right? If you don't have bookends, what happens if you don't have bookends? The books just fall everywhere. you got to have two bookends, and we'll see that this afternoon. But that prism, he's standing, and he is what? He is the light. Christ is the light. He's the light of the church. He's the light of the world. He said he was. All right? And I believe he is. Amen. Only light there is. If there is not light of God, there's darkness, and that's it. There's no in between. So when a light passes through a prism, which has got to be a white light, praise God, got to be a white light, it's bent or refracted into seven different colors. All right? Is everybody with me on that? It's the same light. You haven't changed the light. You've just shown the color 
that was already in the light. All right? Because you can't add to, you can't take away. Those seven colors were in Christ. When he walked on the shore of Galilee, we all were in him. The whole bride, the whole Gentile bride was inside of that man by the Holy Ghost. All right? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so that light is bent. Now, remember, look, this light's not broke. I was thinking about this yesterday. It's not a broken light. Man has broke the light and put all these different doctrines in to make it look a different color. And you don't bend the word of God to say you bend it. You take that same word of God and you bring it as an Ephesian church age, as a Sardesian church age. Pergamon, it's bent just a little bit. There's a little bit light here, more than there is over here. There's a little bit more over here. And each wavelength is refracted or bent by a slightly different, let me put it this way, church age. And characteristics of that church age. Every church age had a characteristic. All right, and it's real strange. Sister Barbara's not here today, but she gave me a a thing that all the constellations. If you take seven constellations, just take the seven church ages that are in Asia. Don't you think God knows what He's doing? If you lay them right over the top of each other, every one of those cities are right in the constellation of the heaven. God's perfect. Sometimes we go, oh man, He's perfect. He does it right the first time. He put those cities in there, put the people in there with the characteristics, just so we can stand here today and look back into history and say, that's exactly what they were. So upon passage through the prism, the white light is separated into its component colors. Now, one light, seven refracted into seven different colors, which is the seven church ages. We look, which is the seven stars, the seven messengers. They had seven different messages. Because Luther's message today will not even get you in the body of Christ. It is justification. But during that time, God winked at that refraction of light and said, that's my man. Then Wesley, that's my man. Then Luther, Wesley, all different ones. That's my man. That's my different color that I'm going to use during that dispensation. All right, everybody with me on that. And there are all the colors. We won't go through them. But that's what it looks like right there. And any way you take that triangle and you can move it any way you want to, you'll still get those, that light. Can't do it with a circle. Can't do it with any other shape except that. You put the white light in, and then it refracts into seven different colors of light. But one light, one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Listen, Luther preached Jesus Christ. Wesley preached Jesus Christ. Columbus preached Jesus Christ. Why? That was the theme of the age was Jesus Christ. He was in every person in the Holy Ghost. They got the same Holy Ghost you and I did. It's just our refraction of light which comes through what? Your eyes. How do you pick up light? Through your eyes. If you're blind, you can't see it. So you pick up and it's either uh, one of them was talking about the, the, your eyes is, is into your soul. You know, that's that's. It's a gateway. You open your eyes and you see things that you can't forget sometimes. We wish we did. So the seven characteristics, and we were talking about this a couple of Sundays ago, the seven characteristics, number one, is his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. Now, I want you to understand something. We'll read this in just a little bit. It looks like all these seven is nothing but just God bringing judgment down on the, on the earth. Well, he is a temporary judgment. We'll read where Brother Ram talks about a temporary judgment on the earth because how's that, how's that uh, Ephesian church age going to be judged? It's going to be judged by what Paul said. And his followers. 
That's how they're going to be judged. They're going to come up to the white throne judgment. They're going to say, did you accept Paul? That's why Brother Branham, we'll read it this afternoon, where Brother Branham, the Omega bride, he comes up and he says, hey, did Paul, did, did Paul preach this and this and this? He said, yeah. He said, so did I. And he said those millions of people were going and were resting on that. What? You and I can't take a Trinitarian doctrine anymore. You and I can't form a water baptism in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Why? We've been called out of that age into another age called the Bride Age, but we're still stuck in Laodicea. You drove your $50,000 Laodicea card to church today. Well, Donnie probably didn't. He's probably two or $3,000. We all got here in a car, all right, Laodicea at work, all right. His head and his hair were white like wool, it's white as snow. But every one of these, we see that it's judgment, but what he has to do is he has to first come and present his message, and we'll get into this in a minute. He presents his message, and when he presents his message through a messenger, all right, the people are judged by that. So his hair is white as wool. White, bright as snow. I'm just going to kind of skip through this real quick. Time means little to God. Now, remember, he didn't, ha he didn't have gray hair. He had a wig. Like they do in the old, if you watch an old movie or you go over to Britain and they have their court and all that stuff, you got one guy, sometimes you got two or three guys and they got the white wig on. Well, that shows authority or wisdom, as we see here. The brilliant white hair does not signify age, but experience, maturity, and wisdom. And that's what we're looking at, the statue of perfect man. We should have that white wig. Patmos vision. Brother Ram said that signified his complete authority. Now, who has complete authority? We come to the white throne judgment. Who's going to have complete authority? Jesus Christ. Yes, but there are other thrones in the book of Revelations, which is me and you. He has what? He has transferred that judgment to his bride. All right? He signifies his complete authority, head, head to foot robe, to mete out justice. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1 says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to court or law before the unjust and not before the saints? Why are you doing that? All right? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? World. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? That's why a lot of things can be settled right here in church, and it doesn't have to go to court. Now, as I said before, if you go out there and somebody hits you and he's a drunk, if you sue him, that's your business. But there ain't no brother going to be out there drunk, so you ain't going to be a brother. Praise the Lord. All right. And his eyes were as flame of fire. Brother Brown said, there's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed, for all things are naked before him with whom we have to do. So his eyes was flame of fire. Try to skip through these pretty quick. We did them a couple weeks ago just to refresh your memory. Zechariah 4 says, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and, throw, to and fro through the whole earth. And that's what? That's his messengers. That's his bride, you and I. The things we see, the things we look at, it's what we're going to judge by. I mean, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, well, well, there's a, a lady with long hair and a long dress. God's going to say, I told you to wear one. And you turned it down. Amen? That's what it's going to be. And you walking through Walmart and somebody says, Snickers, and says, oh, Grandma. You know what? 
white throne judgment, they're going to stand there and God's going to say, why would you call her an old woman? Why would you call her an old grandma? And they're going to go, wow. Because remember, our thoughts are louder in heaven than they are here on earth. Amen? That's, how, that's how, why it's important that we come back to the full word of God. All right? We'll get to that this afternoon. And his feet like to find brass is burning in the furnace. Now, what do we know brass? Brass signifies judgment. <clears throat> but it stood the test of the fiery furnace, a test that no other one has gone through. And that is exactly right. For brass signifies divine judgment, not just judgment, divine judgment. A judgment that God decreed and brought to pass. Patmos vision, the foundation of the altar of sacrifice was solid brass, typifying the lamb slain. From before the foundation of the world, judgment had already passed upon him when as yet there were no sinners, salvation being entirely of the Lord. Now, we know one thing for sure. God can't change his mind. So he's already judged everything back before the foundation of the world. But he wants to prove to Satan why he judged, how he judged, and who he judged it through. All right? That's what we're doing. We're here to prove that Satan can't control all of our being and all of our doings. Amen? You still smoke, drink, and cuss? Why? The devil's still out there making people do that. Because God's in your heart. You've had to change. But someday those feet of brass will stand upon the earth. And the judge of all the earth he shall be. And with equity and perfection will he judge mankind. And there will be no evading that judgment. Why? Because remember, you're, you're judging yourself here. You're not going to go to the white throne judgment and plead yourself out of something. Hello? No. You're going to plead yourself out here. We accept what the lamb did here. We're not, when we get there, as Brother Brown says, the tree falls. That's where it lays, the Bible says. And he says, whatever you are here, death doesn't change you. It just puts you in another place. There will be no evading that judgment, no turning of that judgment. There will be no tempering of it. He that is unjust will be unjust still, filthy, filthy still. The unchanging one will not change then, for he has and never will. These feet of breath will crush the enemy. They will destroy the Antichrist, the beast, and the image. Now, through who? Through the bride. He destroyed it at Calvary, but that was his work to get started with, to give it to the bride. And the word was made what? Flesh. They will destroy the Antichrist, the beast, and the image of all that is vile in his sight. He will destroy the church systems that have taken his name only to corrupt his brilliance and crush him along with the Antichrist. All the wicked, the atheists, agnostic, modernistic, liberals will all be there. Death, hell, and the grave will be there. Yes, they will. For when he comes, the books will be open. Thank God he said books. That is when even the lukewarm church and the five virgins will appear. He will separate the sheep from the goats. When he comes, he'll take over the kingdom, for it is his. And guess what? With him will be thousands times ten thousands, his bride, who came to minister to him glory. And his voice is the sound of many waters. We know what waters in the Bible signifies people. All right? People in tongues and nations. It is the judgment, for these are the voices of the multitude of witnesses. Like I said before, you're going to be the witness that puts people in heaven or hell. So we need to watch how we act. 
For those are the voices of the multitudes of witnesses who by the Holy Spirit all through the ages have testified to Christ and preached his gospel. It will be the voice of every man rising in judgment against the sinner who would not take warning. The voices of the seven messengers will be heard loud and clear. Those faithful preachers who preach the saving power of Jesus, who preach water baptism in Jesus' name, who preach the infilling and power of the Holy Ghost, who stood with the word more than they stood with their own lives, all of them were the voice of Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost down through the ages. Ah, oh, he used man. Hmm. Revelation chapter 4. Brother Brown says, all right, here was voices. Oh, how we need in Jeffersonville thousands of lived voices The thunder of God thundering out in sweetness and holiness, purity, undefiled lives, walking around in the earth today without a blemish. Yes, sir, the real Christians, that's the thunder against the enemy. The devil don't know how to do that. He don't care how much you loud. Look, he don't care how loud you holler. The devil don't care how much you can jump. But what hurts the devil is to see that sanctified, holy life consecrated to God. Say anything to him, call him anything, just as sweet as it can be, and move right on. Oh, my. That throws him away. That's the thunder that shakes the devil. You want to know what the thunders are? You are if you live a Christian life. Amen? The second is a voice of the resurrection, the same voice, the loud voice in St. John 11, 38, that called Lazarus from the grave, getting the bride together. He's talking about this end-time voice. There's a voice in every age. Getting the bride together and then the resurrection of the dead see to be caught up with it. Number five, he had in his right hand seven stars. Now, we know who those seven stars are. There's seven different messengers. And he had them in his hand, so they had to come from God. I don't know these people that think Brother Brown didn't, wasn't a messenger to the age. There's got to be a messenger somewhere. There's a number seven there somewhere. Because there's seven stars. We know who the six are. you got to realize number seven has come. Or we got to look for somebody else. Because he's promised, even in the hand of God, and he don't make a mistake. They weren't in the hands of the devil, they're in the hands of God. And in his right hand, seven stars, we know what they were. They're messengers. He said they're not called by name, which he's going to name them here when we get into the church ages. They're just set forth as seven, one to each age, from the Ephesian on down to Laodicea. Each messenger brought the message of truth to the people, never failing to keep it, the word of God, to that particular Church age, each one held to it. They were steadfast in their loyalty to the original light. As each age pulled away from God, his faithful messenger turned that age back to the word. And we'll look at that maybe later on, how why the messenger comes at the end of the age and rebukes the previous age from falling away from their first love. Their strength was from the Lord, or they never could have stemmed the tide. They were safe in his care, for nothing could pluck them out of his hand. In other words, those seven had a purpose. When they came on earth, It was to bring the people from one church age into the other. That's why we don't have another church age. Patmos vision and this comfort is not for the seven church age messengers only. Every true believer is in the hand of God and can draw from his love and power and receive the full benefit of all that God is to the believer. What God gives the messenger and how he blesses and uses the messenger is an example to all believers of his goodness and care for all members of his body. So you're included in that, in that hand if you accept the message of your day. All right. Isaiah 49 says, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. Thy walls are continually before me. He's got you right here. 
And like I said before, when he went to Calvary, if your, hand, if your name was in his palm, that nail went through your name. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but mine was there. You got to decide whether yours was or not, and then live it. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, for the word of God is quick, Hebrews 4, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When the true word of God comes, it always divides. When Jesus came on earth, there was a division. Every church age messenger comes on, a, uh, comes on uh, there's a division. All right. <clears throat> Even when Moses stepped on the scene, there was a division. God said, I'll take care of them all. Moses said, no, hang on a minute. <laughs> there's some of my people there. So Moses stood up one day and said, hey, if you're for me, get on this side. If you're for Dathan and Corey, you stay over there. And guess what happened? About three minutes later, the earth opened up and swallowed several hundred Believers of another message. That's the Bible. And out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword. So everybody had a message and everybody had something to listen to. All right? That with it he should smite the nations and rule them with a rod of iron. Let's keep going on. But you know that he is revealing the heart secrets of men and women in this age in which we are living. Who else could reveal the secrets of the heart but the word himself? All right, it is the word is performing whereunto it was sent, for it, the word, is full of power. It is the same spirit that was in Jesus, the word, that is present again in the church in the last days as a last sign trying to head the people off from judgment. For they are rejecting him, the word, are now already coming to judgment, crucifying him afresh. That's why Brother Brian what? He indicted this whole generation for crucifying Jesus Christ again by their creeds and dogmas and you know it's it's okay. You can just go to church any way you want to. No it's not. Went by a church just a few minutes ago, women wearing them jogging breeches things. That's a disgrace. A disgrace to God. You wear them to work, you gonna wear them to church? I hope none of y'all wear them at all. I know we don't, but that's just a disgrace. But who taught them that? Somebody standing in the pulpit did. If that preacher stand there one day and say, hey, you don't come in here with them things on. Or just preach the word of God and you'll see as, as Cindy, uh, Cindy did. She just come on right in and accepted it and went right on. Amen. Let the Lord do it, as Brother Louise said. Let the Lord do it. Let the Lord divide this thing out. Let him, let him do it. He'll do it by his word every time. No, no man's idea involved. That's what I like about those seven stars. That was not man's idea. He sent seven people on this earth that had the mind of God or caught the mind of God for their age, and you're going to be judged by that. His countenance was the sun shineth in his strength. Bible said in Matthew, his face did shine as the sun. Remember, even Moses, under the blood of bulls and goats, even Moses' face shined. And they had to put a, a veil over his face because he, he became, listen now, don't, don't, don't choke. He became God so much. Till the, till, the, till, the shining, till the shining of God was on him so much, he was God to the people. Hello? Amen. Oh, that's not, no. You know what they killed Jesus for? They killed Jesus because he said he was God. 
They didn't kill him for his good works. Exodus 34, 35, when the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil on his face until he went in to speak with him. Malachi 4, verse 1. We like 4 and 5. Let's read first. Behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, Malachi 4, 1. And all the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. They shall leave them neither root nor branch, but unto you that fear my name. Amen. To you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. A healing campaign went forth. And you shall go forth and what? Not just be healed, but you're going to grow up. Start as a calf, but you don't end up as a calf. You end up as a full cow. If I may say that, I'm sorry. If you take offense to that, it's an allegory. <clears throat> Even the new city will have no light. Now, I outside it may still be the sun and the moon. I don't know. They may have daylight and dark outside the city, but inside that city, where you and I are going to live, we will be that light. Amen. And they came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of seven last plagues. And talked with me saying, come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Now, he's going to show him the bride, the lamb's wife. Now, what's he going to show him? Did he show him a person? Showed him a city. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. You can see a lot better when you're on a mountain. And showed me that great city. Now, I thought he was showing him the bride. That's what he said. Come, let me show you the lamb's wife, the bride. And he carried me away in the spirit of the great high mountain and showed me that great city. Today I'm looking at the great city. And all the dead in Christ are sitting in a place of, uh, of nothing but pure light. Sixth dimension. Brother Brown didn't say that it was dark over here. He said, oh, it was beautiful. Why? Because they were there. And showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God and having the glory of God in her light. Her light was likened to a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as what? Crystal. To display those seven colors of light coming from him. Revelation 21, 21, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. You're not going to be able to hide your things you're doing. Never mind. There won't be no secret place. It'll all be transparent. You'll be sitting in your city, and you'll be waving at the people. You'll be sitting in your house, and you'll be waving at the people. Oh, we're not going to do that. Oh, I thought, I, I'm sorry. We're, we're supposed to be doing the harp thing uh, and floating on a cloud. Well, I know most of you know this, but I'm trying to play the bass guitar in, in my secret time. And I'm sure glad I'm not able to have to play a harp to get into heaven. It ain't easy. Us Dales are not even used to, we can't even hardly. Mama laughed so hard she fell out of the chair. I saw no temple therein for the Lord. The Lord can do miracles. Okay. But I have a desire to play an instrument. So 
For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. Now look, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in, for the glory of God. Now who's the glory of God? You and I are the glory of God. The glory of God did what? Lighten it. It'll never go out. Once that city comes down, it'll never go out. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut all day. Brother Danny, you're going to have to get used to things not being locked. If he could, he'd lock his billfold in his pocket. Well, I may need to do that anyway. With Anyway, Sister Joyce, we appreciate her. For there shall be, for there shall be no night there. So it's going to be illuminated by what? You and I. Crystal, transparent gold. You ever got that? Okay, that's you. Now let's go back to John, and we'll get started right here on a new dispensation just for a minute. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Now remember, John types the bride, right? And he laid his right hand upon me. Who is he? This one that was standing in the seven golden candlesticks. Saying unto him, Fear not, I am the first and the last. He keeps telling the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Why are we scared? Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. All right? So God's got every bit of that in his hand. He's got every bit of it under control. What we have to do is, like Brother Ernie said, we've got to plug ourselves into that. Yes. We are not automatically plugged into it. You've got to believe it. You've got to have yourself plugged in to the eternal word of God for your day. Yes. So let's talk a minute about a new dispensation. Hebrews 10, verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus. Now, here's Paul preaching a message, and Paul was a Pharisee. I mean, Paul was a Jew. Paul actually participated in the ritual of the Old Testament. Rituals. Right? So he's going against everything that he thought. Remember, he said, I got to forget everything. He said, everything I think is dung. And I forget them or, or do away with them to get this new dispensation started. Started by John the Baptist presenting Christ to the church. And they, what did they do to him? They put him out. Here, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new, I want you to watch, new and living, living way. Not paper. Oh, they love that Torah. They could, they could roll that scroll out and they could read what Moses said. Well, they read backwards. They could read what Moses said. And, oh, we got Moses' quote book. And we do everything Moses said. <clears throat> we do everything. Abraham, he was our father. He wasn't even a Jew. Abraham is our father. We have all this. What are you doing? And Jesus said, if you'd have known them, you'd know me. Because they spoke of me. Same way at the white throne judgment. You know what God's going to say? You know me through them. You knew me through the preachers that preached the sermon to you. By somebody that lived a life in front of you. By somebody that testified to you. That's how God's going to judge. Because Jesus Christ is not on the earth right now. In natural form. Amen. So where is he? He's in you. 
So if it's in you, then you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his spirit. Oh, let me make it a little bigger. His flesh. Through flesh, he brought redemption. Through your flesh, he's going to bring redemption. Oh, I just, that, that. yeah, I just keep thinking like that. Now, let me tell you something real quick. <clears throat> I was confronted by something the other day. Uh, that was an old doctrine many years ago, and Dad, um, he's seen them all, where there was a time where people were, were preaching sinless perfection, where they were already, you know, there was another one where <coughs> we're already in the millennium, and I told you what I'd like to do is take them to the lion's den and throw them in and see if they were in the millennium or not, because lions are not supposed to bite you in the millennium, all right? Well, we'll find out. Take them to the zoo. I, I don't believe that. Okay, and I don't believe this sinless perfection thing. I don't believe that that just because you believe the message, just because Christ is in your soul, that you're perfect. Hold on, man. All three sections of you, because there's three sections of you: soul, spirit, and body. Your body don't sin. Your body is just a vehicle to sin with, or to hold a Bible with. All right. So God's working gradually then. I'm not going to, you know, I wished it was that way. Remember I turned 64 last Friday. I had a pain from then to now that I ain't never had before. And so all the other ones say, hey, man, all the young ones go, what's he talking about? God's back in Chris going, what? What are you talking about? You just wait. Listen, I hope Christ comes. And I'm not kidding. Getting old ain't pretty. No. It ain't pretty at all. What's that? Sister Trudy had a T-shirt or something, gave it to Dad, said, said old age, something about old age. She said, but I didn't think it'd get here this fast. Okay. But what I'm saying is, listen, don't look for that one day this pain's going to go away. As we get closer to God, I don't need my glasses anymore. I wish. Don't, don't, don't come over here and say, well, 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 I'm, I, uh, everything I eat, I'm not going there. Every, <laughs> we're not heading towards something and we're just going to get, you know, brother, brother John's going to let his hair grow out and it's going to be like it was when sister Alicia met him. And I know he's cute. He's cute as a button. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? The change tells us in the Bible that it's, we're changed in the what? Moment in the twinkling. Look. Twinkling of an eye. That's when our change will come. Not that we're gradually as the word. Listen, as Jesus Christ was the word, as he gradually headed toward his body change, it got worse. But he had to believe. Says Julie, you got to believe. Believe beyond the impossible. Listen, do you believe by these? Then you'll never believe. You got to believe on what's in here. By what God said. But there's New Testament. We're going to take communion this afternoon. <clears throat> so when we'll read the scripture where Jesus stands, we'll read it right here. But I want you to see something real quick. A New Testament. So this is a new dispensation. Something new. That's why it was hard. Listen, that's why they killed every disciple of Jesus except John the, ba except John the Revelator. They all were murdered. 
Because everywhere they went, they hated it. It was something new. It was some some new something. Oh, no, I'll kick him out of here. Well, he keeps preaching. Well, where is killing? They cut Paul's head off, didn't they? But it's a covenant or a will. A testament is a covenant or a will. Now, that was the first covenant. Remember the first covenant? God made it. He said, you eat of that tree, you'll die. You don't eat of that tree, you'll live. What did they do? They ate of that tree. And they died. Right? Then he made a covenant with Abraham, an unconditional covenant. He said, Abraham, you just hang on. I'm going to do it for you. Amen? And Jesus comes one day and he says, he says, a new covenant. We'll read it here in just a minute. <clears throat> you remember when Brother Donaldo was preaching about Matthew 24, 24, where he exposed the two twins, 24, 24? Well, Matthew, 20, Matthew 26, 26, there was Jesus, there was Judas. And they were eating at the same table. And all the disciples thought they were all good. And as they were, Matthew 26, 26. You can't make these things up. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it, what we're going to do this afternoon. <clears throat> and it is an open communion. If I don't say it's an open communion, but people, if, if you're not born again, you should not take communion. All right? <clears throat> and he took the cup. Take eat. This is my body. And they're going, Okay. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to him, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament. They never heard that before. They were under the old. Bulls and goats, take this up here. Put it on the altar. Kill it. Okay, my sins are done, but I'm going to go back and do the same thing I did before because there was nothing in the indwelling of the spirit of a lamb or two turtle doves is going to enter into you and make you a better person. But this guy is, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. I was confronted again about, we talk about the sinless perfection. It's, uh, people always want to get by with stuff. Right. Amen. Well, we don't take communion anymore because Christ has come. Well, now. I want to ask you a question for those of you that are in the message. Listen to his verbiage. I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit. Now he's holding the cup. Right? Of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. What is the father's kingdom? How many quotes do you want? Brother Ram said the father's kingdom is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So on the day of Pentecost, when the Father's kingdom came, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's why they took communion. And we're supposed to take it until we go into his kingdom. So don't go with me on that one. Jesus said, if you don't wash each other's feet, then you don't have no part with him. I'm just reading the Bible. But it was something new, and they were, they were astonished by it. I drink this? But they really understood it because... They didn't really understand in the upper room because where are we going to get the scripture from is we're going to get the scripture from who? Paul over in Corinthians, right here, 1 Corinthians 11, we'll read it. Paul, by revelation, come on, by revelation, Paul saw what they were doing and caught the revelation of it 
And said, it's not eating his body. It's not drinking his blood. We're doing this in remembrance of what he did. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in what? Remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament. See, the Old Testament was covered under the blood of bulls and goats. All right? But he just covered sin. He didn't do away with it. But this New Testament in the blood of a man, which was God, that life is able to come back inside of me and you. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Hebrews 9 verse 11. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Listen, that was a good one. The Shekinah glory came down in the Old Testament. Shekinah glory came down, consumed the sacrifice. He, 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 he covered those people's sins for the year. He, he, he as Brother Dale's always said, he busied himself with the people. He, didn't, he, he knew they were going <laughs> to, he knew what they were going to do. But that blood covered, and he couldn't kill them right then. Because he said, do this, through Moses, all right? Each, each ordinance. But when you come to this New Testament, all right, the Old Testament was over here. Yeah. The New Testament is in the blood of a man, yeah. blood of God. And it's not just the chemistry of that blood. It's the life that was in that blood. That was Almighty God. That wasn't the second person of a trinity. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. What was it? His body. Not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Now look, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Praise God. That's what Jesus did for us. We couldn't do it for him. We couldn't do it for each other. He did it for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, in other words, we didn't need Jesus to come. That's not right, though. We needed a New Testament. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience, not cover it, purge it from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. So you've got to have Christ starting the testament. All right? Everybody with me? Because you can't have a New Testament unless you do away with the old one. Pretty simple. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament, old, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance, which is what? Eternal life in your body. They did not have eternal life in their soul in the Old Testament. Nobody did. John the Baptist didn't even have it in his soul. Everybody with me? He was in the Old Testament, remember? See, that's why there's a difference in receiving the Holy Ghost and receiving the new birth. It can be one and the same. But you can be anointed by the Holy Ghost and your soul will be as black as that. That's what this New Testament does for us. Cleans your soul out. The real you, that person. 
For where a testament is, now what's a testament? It's a covenant or a will. What are we doing today? I have opened up the will that God gave us, and I'm reading you the will. All right, right? Because his will is his what? His will is his word. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. All right? Old Testament, to make something new, the old testator's got to die. Because remember, Jesus didn't come in the New Testament. He came in the old. The first book of the New Testament is the book of Acts. Where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. So, yeah, Jesus had to die to come back and enforce this testament. But who did he, who did he, who did he enforce it by? 120 on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and said, this is that. This is what's starting this thing. It's coming from us now. Peter says, look on us. He didn't say look on Jesus. He said, look on us. You say, oh, that's just, we just doing away with Jesus. No, uh, we become him so much so the, so the world the world hates you. He don't hate you. Remember what? Remember who was it? Somebody said, oh, Lord, they hate me. He said, no, they're not hating you. They hate me inside of you. That's what they're hating. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it has no strength. That's why Jesus had to go away. It's expedient that I must leave. But I'm not going to stay gone. I'm going to send you my spirit on the day of Pentecost. I'm going to send my soul, part of my soul back. Because, see, I can divide myself up because I'm God. But I can't do it. I have to preach Christ to you and then him give you that spirit. I can't give it to you. Mama can't give it to you. Your daddy can't give it to you. But it says of no strength while the testator was alive. That's why when Jesus walked on the earth, they didn't understand him. They hardly did anything he said. <laughs> Peter was always getting in trouble. They were always getting in trouble. Oh, Lord, I'll be right there with you. He said, they won't be a one of you with me. I got to do this alone because I'm God. Oh, what Calvary did for us, don't ever forget it. Don't forget, he died. The testator died. That body was cold and dead in the grave until it come back to life by the spirit that quickened it. And that same spirit, I thought, Revelation, I mean, Romans 8 says what? If that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body by that spirit that dwells in you. Where's he at today? He's inside of me and you. Do we begin to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? No, we don't need no letter. The letter killeth. Right? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Remember the old phrase, I can read you like a, that's what you are. This right here is not going to heaven. It's going to disappear inside of you. And you're going to become the book. 
Isn't that the way it happened with John? He ate the book and the book was gone. Why? It was part of John. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, Paul didn't have a problem with that. Paul stood one day and he said, if an angel from heaven come and preach anything different than what I preach, he said, let him be accursed. He said it twice. You say, oh, well, you're not Paul. Well, I got the same Holy Ghost Paul's got. For as much as you are manifestly, manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. All right? He puts you right back down on the same level. But our sufficiency is of God. And then God said, I'm going to use you to get this to the people. All right? Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now continue his thought. But if the administration of death, written and graven in stones, was glorious. In other words, what? Written and engraven in stone. The Ten Commandments. Remember the Ten Commandments came down. God wrote them with his own finger. And Moses had them in the tablets. Broke them. Had to go back up and get them again. All right. But if they were glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away with. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, don't do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 10 verse 1. Donnie, we've got to read it. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image. Now look, it was, a, it, was a, it was showing, it was an example of what's coming. Every lamb that was killed, turtle dove, all that that was killed in the Old Testament, type Christ. Right. All right? But, but you had to do away with that to get Christ here to be the testator of the New Testament because he had to die. But he didn't die and go away. He came right back on the day of Pentecost in a group of people. But look, he can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comer there into perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Question mark. Because that the worshiper once purged should have no more conscious of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. Every year the high priest had to go back. Dressing his things and do everything God said to do. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not. Don't give me those anymore. I'm going to give my body a sacrifice. But a body hast thou prepared me. All right, now, where is the body of Christ now? I'm looking at it. A body thou hast prepared me through seven church ages, through seven Groups of people that are going to make up the Gentile dispensation and now they're going to be so much me, they are me. She is him. We'll talk about it this afternoon. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Then I said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will or thy word, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein. 
which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first. All right. He taketh away the first, the stones, the tablets, the, 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 even the Holy of Holies. Where's the Holy of Holies now? I'm looking at it. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second or New Testament. A new dispensation by the which shall by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You couldn't go in that holy of holies in the Old Testament. You died. That was a man who even touched the ark and he died. That's how holy God is. But by a new and living way, he's driving us into the Holy of Holies. He pulled back the curtain. Remember what happened when Jesus was, was crucified? The temple, that, that big old curtain, 200 feet tall, I believe it was, covered that mercy seat. Now, to show you man didn't do it, it wasn't split from the bottom to the top. It was split from the top to the bottom. God did it. He said, hey, here am I. Look out the window. I have come in flesh, and you've killed me. You've rejected me. But there'll come a group of people that'll be my body and do what I say by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Brother Bram, in the rising of the sun, said he being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelation any other has spoken of the bride. Now watch. It can only manifest. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. All right? The characteristics of the groom's got to be in the bride for them to be together. All right? Everybody with me? If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. Because she is flesh of his flesh. Now we go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, uh, Eve was literally bone of Adam. And flesh of Adam. Just separated. Got it? So that's what we're going back to. All right, now look. Because remember, a body thou hast prepared me. If it does something different from the groom, it is of the bride. Because she is flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. As man and woman are one and woman taken from his side. She had taken a spirit, the feminine spirit from him. The flesh from his side made both mechanics and dynamics the wife. The spirit of him and the flesh of him and put it together made mechanics and dynamics. In other words, until the church gets it back together, we're just going to keep having sermons. Now let's look here real quick. We'll close right here. Revelations 1 verse 8 is what we'll get to this afternoon. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come. The Almighty. Amen. What a statement. Amen. You know, I, John, 
who I'm also your brother and companion in tribulation. But John, I'm sure his his normal mind went over here to. Now he never said that when he was here. Jesus said a lot of things, but he never said he was Alpha and Omega. He never said he was the beginning and the end. He never said he had the key to death and hell. Well, he didn't. He had to die to become a New Testament. It was on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girded about to paps, paps his breast. We know that, right? With a golden girdle. Now, why would Jesus be wearing something like that? Because he's in bride form. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to a foot, girt about his paps with a golden girdle. Now, here's a couple of translations. The diglot, the original diglot says, at the breast, so across here, a belt of gold around his breast. That's Moffat's translation. And then deity signifies what? Gold. Deity dedicated to death. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh is what was given to Jesus by the three wise men. And they weren't there when the baby was born. Sorry about that. Take your nativity scene up. And that's the Bible. That's what the Spirit said. Look, these revelations, we, you, you, when you think of something, you look in the Bible and you go, that wasn't in there before. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. Pray for me. I'm the only one that it happens to. How many times have you read the Bible? There's only 66 books. How long have you been reading it? Since Cleta, how long have you been reading this Bible? 69 years she's been reading this Bible. It's become really old. You just throw it over in the closet, right? No. You still go, man, what? Where'd that come from? Same way with quotes. You'll listen to a tape or read a, or read a sermon, and, and Brother Dale or somebody will get up here and, and make a quote and say it was from the Seven Church Ages, Jeffersonville, 1954, and you're like, hey, I just read that book. Why? It wasn't your time to see what he was saying. That's the unfolding or the revelation of God. That's why it keeps continually opening and it becomes a new book to us. Now that's the Bible. That's what the Spirit said. The candlesticks. All right, now the 13th verse. In the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man. What? One like him. Who was this? His bride. One like him. Watch how it was. Clothed with the garment down to the foot. The holiness of Jesus Christ covering her. Who's her? Her's the bride. Amen. Has washed us from our sins with his own blood. All right. Girded about the paps. Not a man, a woman. Now John turned and saw the son of man. Son of man. But he was in bride form. The gospel that held the power and glory of God over the body of Christ. The golden girdle. Patmos vision will be done. Musicians come up. He was not a priest during this time, neither was he a king. He was a judge. Notice a priest, a high priest, when he went into the sanctuary or went into minister to service, he tied himself around the waist. Tying his girdle around the waist meant that he was serving. Never tied it over his shoulder or across his breast. 
But here he comes out, walking out with a girdle tied around the top with a sash over his shoulder, girded about the paps, the breast with a golden girdle. Girded up high. What is it? An attorney, a judge. The judge with his sash over his shoulder, girded up here, not down here as a priest. See, that shows he wasn't in his priesthood now. John went all the way over into the Lord's day and saw him coming as the judge. Mark of the Beast, 1954. And we found the church standing there in its beauty. Christ just molded into it, and the church had a white garment on. He's talking about revelations. Let's stand to our feet. And you notice it was a woman. Around the breast, it had the garment covered over her shame and was had a golden cord, though, pulled around like that, held it around the breast, white, speaking of the righteousness of Christ. And the golden cord representing the gospel. And the preaching of the gospel brings the Holy Spirit where? Over the church, the righteousness of Christ. Holds it there, tied with a string, the golden girdle. Now listen, this will be for later on for this afternoon. <clears throat> the end time evangelism. Each age has had its message and its messenger. Seven stars, seven candles. All through the times, every age has packed its message with a messenger. God in every dispensation has set forth someone anointed with the Holy Spirit to bring forth his message for that age every time. Yeah. Now we can start back even from the beginning to Adam and Eve. You shall not eat this and you shall not do this. That was the message. And when man stepped across the message of the hour, he's not talking about Adam and Eve no more. When man steps across the message of the hour, it brought death and chaos to the whole human race. Now, that's how much the message means. Remember, that wasn't just a complete blank denial of what God said. Eve missed it by one word. She didn't deny God was God. She didn't deny what God said. She, she just listened to what Satan said, you won't surely die. God gave his word so much here, so much here, so much here for each age. Then he sent a prophet down anointed to make that word come to pass. And it supports the other one that was coming. Now watch this. See, like the Messiah always supported every prophet in his own life, his own being, the word that was given for that day, he come and fulfill that written word, Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, all the different ones we're acquainted with, and foretold of what the other one was going to be. Wait a minute. There's no more messenger. So who's carrying the message now? That's what he's saying. Everybody believe Brother Ryan was a prophet, right? Amen. Amen. The word that was given for that day, he come and fulfilled that written word and foretold of what the other one was going to be. That's me and you. Amen. Under our messenger. We're the final voice to the final age. Amen. And every one of them spoke of him because he was the fullness. He was the head of the prophets. He was the word of God. He was the prophet. We'll con let's read this real quick. Only one messenger for each age. All right, there's only one messenger, but there's others underneath that preached. All right, received what the spirit has to say to that age. And that one messenger is a messenger to the true church. He speaks for God by revelation to the churches, both true and false. The message is then broadcast to all, but though it is broadcast for all who come within range of the message, that message is received individually by only a certain qualified group in a certain way. 
Each individual of that group is one who has the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying by the way of that messenger. Those who hear it, those who hear are not getting their own private revelation, nor is a group getting their collective revelation. Well, we've seen that before. But each person is hearing and receiving what the messenger has already received from God. Amen. Man gets the revelation, he preaches it, then fivefold ministry gets that revelation, and we preach it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You love the Lord? Amen. And I'll read this plan of it this afternoon. There is a plan. When God does something, he's got a plan. And the plan is perfect, uses it every time, doesn't deviate from it. He uses it every time. So God bless you. We're in a new dispensation. But you know what we are? We're the omega part. The bride has formed down through the church ages. Brother John, that oil was poured in. Started with Paul. Then it moved Irenaeus, Martin, Columba, Luther, Wesley, Elijah of the day. Not anymore. We're the last. We are the absolute closing of the Gentile dispensation. There'll be not another Gentile saved. When we come to the place of authority, the full adoption, God's going to close the door of the Gentile church. He's not going to close the natural doors. He's going to close the door and there'll be no more Gentiles saved. Amen. And who's a Gentile? The bride. Yes. All right. Of all many tongues and nations, we're not just, we're, we're not Israel. We're every nation under the sun. And we love, I, I love that we even had an opportunity to hear it. Amen. Do we even have an opportunity? There's billions in the world today is not, li- not even listening to the message. Right? Let's sing a song. Be happy in what you're doing. I'm reaching out to you, dear Lord. I'm reaching out to you. I know your arm is not too short. And it can reach me too. I pray and press my way into your kingdom true. I'll grow to be more like you just by reaching out to you. I'm reaching out to you. New dispensation. It was new a long time ago. It still should be fresh to me and you, but we're at the other, we're at the end of the story. We're at the time when the Gentile days will be over. The Bible is written about it. It's telling us we're in that Laodicean church age, but we've been called out of Laodicea into a bright age where we listen to what God said, but we had to have a messenger. You had to start somewhere. That's the way God is. Instead of sending three or four at one time, and that would confuse the people. One messenger to one age. We've had that message. We've had that messenger. God packed him away. Now who is it? It's the voice of that messenger in the bride. It's going to defeat Satan. But we got to get in tune. I'll grow to be more like you just by reaching out to you. Think it one more time. To you, dear Lord, I'm reaching out to you. I know your arm is not too short. Thank God. And reach me too. 
So as I pray and press my way into your kingdom true, I'll grow to be more like you <coughs> by reaching out to you. I'm reaching out to you. Just by reaching. 